This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing today? Uh, man, I just, you know, uh, doing okay. As good as the rest of the world is, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's the thing, right? As soon as we start to get down about anything right now, it's like, well, look, the entire rest of the world is going through the plague. So <laughs> we just right. are trying to keep a keep a good attitude and, man, keep rocking and rolling. Just take it as slow as we can and try to keep our wits about us, have positive vibes and smoke our pipe. And yeah, man, that's that's all I got. <laughs> I feel remiss for not asking last week, but uh, but how was your Easter? Oh, you know, it, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Uh, you know, just very simple. Of course, you know, our church, like many, is, uh, you know, having um, services online. And so, you know, we just kind of actually sat out on the porch and watched a pre-recorded, oh, uh, you know, sermon and Eucharist and all that stuff and uh, had our little time. It was uh, it was our daughter's first Easter. So we yeah. took, some, <laughs> took some photos to commemorate that. Uh, certainly not your traditional uh, first Easter and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was good. We're very, very blessed blessed and just real fortunate to be doing as good as we are. We're very thankful. Yeah. Now the, the, uh, the live streaming at our church was, uh, was a rough one if I'm if I'm saying if I do so myself. <laughs> Aren't I you say quarterback this? in some of that? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, right. we were like five minutes to go time and we had all of this, you know, uh our church had, you know, different kind of groups in the church had kind of created some different things for it and we had these videos and you know we were kind of running through everything. And of course it's like, you know, when I say it's like string and duct tape, there is actual string. There is actual <laughs> duct tape. Like that is our uh-huh. situation. Uh-huh. And every single time, every single service, man, we're getting the comments in the YouTube channel saying like, could that, do y'all hear that background noise? Is there anything that can be done about that? And I'm sitting back here like, yes, I do hear that background noise. Thank you. This is because we're working on, you know, eight year old microphones that <laughs> needed to be replaced five years ago. But that's uh, hilarious. Yeah. So it was uh, right beforehand. I told everybody, I was like, I have a feeling this is going to go terrible. And it actually ended up being okay. But, uh, but it's it was all about was, setting expectations, baby. Kind of like exactly. a country squire radio. <laughs> that's right, man. That's right. No, but it, it worked. It worked out okay when it was all said and done. And, uh, ultimately, you know, we, we have the mindset that we got an audience of one and, uh, thank God yeah. he is very yeah. gracious. So, uh, it, uh, it was, it was a good Easter and we had, uh, we, we had some lamb and, um, uh, did the Easter egg hunt and, Good. Um, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to not eat eat too much of the chocolate or the jelly beans. Watching this quarantine 15, they're talking about not uh, not wanting to put on the extra poundage. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, it's it was good. Uh, man, something else happened actually this this uh, last past week. Um, we had our first ever uh, club member hangout. Yeah, yeah. How did it go, man? It went really, really well. So, uh, you know, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and, and kind of yeah. leading up to it, but we wanted to do something, you know, given that everybody is kind of quarantining and, and stu- stuck at home or, or everybody that's able to quarantine is, is stuck at home. Uh, we wanted to kind of have an excuse to all get together and, and just be in community with one another. And, you know, I think, you know, you and I have talked off mic before about, you know, the desire to do kind of group hangouts or how do we kind of we further that relationship with our yeah. amazing patrons. And how do we facilitate and, it too? Yeah, exactly. And and just really kind of build up on, you know, even like in the, uh, in the, in the club club lounge on Facebook, which is a lot of fun. Uh, there's still something that's lost when you just kind of, you know, type it. So man, I thought we'd be lucky if we had like, you know, three or four folks, 
we had we had a plethora. We had we had quite <laughs> the number of uh, of uh, club members join us, and it was kind of uh, a mess at first. Like it worked out. You know, everybody showed up, and you know, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to prove everybody as they're coming in, and uh, and it was a ton of fun just to see everybody and see where they're uh, hanging out. Most of us were able to enjoy our pipes. Uh, I think uh, Dr. Allen actually. Uh, was just holding his as a as a prop, I think he said, <laughs> from where he was at the moment. But uh, but man, we had we had a great great group of guys uh, log on and and just hanging out and talking about where we're all from and what we're all doing. And um, man, I, I look forward to to doing it again in the near future. Yeah, yeah, man. I hate I missed it too. You know, it was uh, one of those things that um, it, just hearing about afterwards, it sounded like it was a really good time to connect and uh, balm for, you know, weary pipe smokers' souls just during this crazy season. And um, man, I, I'm, I'm proud. I mean, I, it sounds like it was something that, um, man, is really worth, you know, doing again. So um, that, it was that, a blast. That, that's wonderful. I actually, I busted out my, my first, my original first pipe uh, for the occasion, which I have not smoked in years. Uh, and, yeah. and along with that, I brought a, uh, a tamper that has very special meaning to me, John David, because it's a tamper that I stole from the country squire. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have the little uh, fingernail polish on there where it, uh, you know, I was trying to discourage people to. Uh, <laughs> it's got to, the to residue of it. It's got the residue okay. of it. Yeah. All right. Good. good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, everybody was asking me. They wanted to, uh, you know, see what I was using as a tamper because you know, obviously we've been given some amazing gifts uh, over over the years yeah. and, Man, and that sure sort of have. thing. I know. And so I was getting some hate for having just little na- the nail, and I was like, no, 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 this this is intentional. I, I since John David's not here, I wanted him to be here in spirit. <laughs> and as a bad Country Squire radio or Country Squire uh, customer, this is something I stole. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah Don't, I, do it. Do I, I as we those, say, uh, not as we do. No, that, that's right. I love those uh, house tampers and house lighters that show up, uh, you know, on Facebook, like from around the world. Like, right. here's, uh, you know, here, here, here's this house lighter that has a, uh, you know, a, a don't steal me little shaming <laughs> note on it. And it's like taking, you know, a photo from three states away kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Oh, it's glorious. Uh, that's great. I'm glad y'all had fun, man. That's wonderful. It is a blast. And like I said, we'll definitely be doing it in the near future. And I think, um, I think, I think our goal at this point is, you know, the, the third one that we do, we're going to try to do it around your schedule this time in particular, you know, I found it interesting because there were a lot of folks that said they'd prefer if we, we, we did another one, maybe in the evening. Um, you know, one yeah. of the reasons I did it in the middle of the day is because of the quarantine situation. Um, however, I don't know. We might, might try it in the evening. If not this one, maybe the next one, but y'all stay tuned. We'll have more details as we uh, get closer to it. And of course, for our club members, uh, details will be posted on Patreon and in the, in the, in the, uh, lounge on Facebook, uh, both locations. I'll have the information available as we get, uh, get yeah. going to it. So you may, you may hear it there before you hear it on the podcast. So stay tuned, man. We got some amazing club members and you know, we were talking about this right before we click and record, but we are just blown away. We've got some brand new yeah. club members joining in the midst of everything else that's going on. Y'all, this show would not be made possible without you guys. Like this is, this is incredible to see just in the midst of, uh, you know, just, just as we all face kind of the global pandemic as, as we all face the challenges of that, uh, y'all are still able to support this show and keep it on the air. And, and it means so much to us, man, joining at the squire level, the King himself, Mark King, <laughs> Mark King, dude, thank you so much for uh, for hopping in, man. At the Squire level, that's wonderful. That's and, right. Uh, and who else? And who else, Bo? Man, also at the Squire level. All right, so this is this is interesting. I'm gonna put this out there, and I'm gonna ask. Uh, I'm gonna say Shiner. I'm, that, that's yeah. that, that's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Shiner because uh, I, I think uh, when when you signed up, I don't know if you intended to not put your name, 
but uh, email me, brother, so we can uh, we can get you uh, your your information in the system correctly. But uh, yeah, thanks to uh, to Shiner and Mark King for both joining at the Squire level. Um, and we really, really appreciate that, man. We also got some new pilgrims as well with David O'Reilly, as well as Gustavo, G- Gustavo, 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 the goose is loose. <laughs> Gustavo Torres, David O'Reilly, y'all, thank y'all so much for, uh, for joining at the pilgrim level. Y'all are incredible and amazing. And, and we thank y'all so much. Yeah, I wouldn't be here without you. And we're, we're just really, um, really honored by your support during this, this crazy time. So thanks a bunch. Absolutely. Now, John David, as I mentioned, we had this hangout recently. And one of the best parts of this is that most everybody that was able to tune in was able to enjoy their pipe. And of course, they're doing so in the location that they might tend to smoke their pipe on a normal basis. I mean, obviously, you want to yeah, be in you... a comfortable place, right? Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, there's there's very few places more comfortable than uh, than sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> correct, correct. There is a concept of lunting. You know, we, we sure. like to hike while smoking our pipe and, uh, you know, doing out fun outdoor activities. But sometimes that fun outdoor activity is, uh, you know, is as simple as, uh, you know, sitting, right? That's right. That's right. Sitting in, in, a, in, a, in a chair intended for smoking. We're drawing this out way too much. Uh, so obviously we've got a, a special episode uh, this week. We're talking about the smoking chair. And not only are we talking about the smoking chair, we're doing so in a ongoing series that we've had for quite, quite a few years here called our Pipe Culture Series. Now, for those that are unfamiliar, Pipe Culture is where we kind of take an opportunity to uh, you know, gather insight from the various listeners out there, the various uh, members of the pipe community to kind of put together a picture of what may be kind of a collective mindset about something related to the pipe or a way that in which the pipe kind of infect or affects uh, pop culture or something of that nature. We've talked about what are aspects, for example, of pipe culture, our original episodes in this series was really kind of an exploration of that concept of a culture surrounding the pipe. Uh, And then we've used that to branch off. We've talked about uh, pipe smoking archetypes like the wizard or, or, uh, or or the, uh, the sailor or whatever it might be. And uh, we've talked about, you know, things that you may do while, while you're enjoying your pipe. And uh, recently we've been going through various places in which someone smokes their pipe. And man, I, I have actually been looking forward to this one probably more so than any other that we've kind of considered in the places series here because the smoking chair, I feel like, holds a prominent place when it comes to the iconography or like the the quintessential visualization of like a man kicking back and smoking a pipe. Like there's always that that place, right? That smoking chair that's involved. That's right. That's right. It, it's fascinating because it, it is tied to, you know, this sense of place, the, the experience that you're having while you're smoking a pipe. Um, uh, you know, often it goes with that, uh, that sense of place we've talked about before, things like the porch or the smoking room, you know, the slash man cave or whatever. But, you know, that, that chair, that place, you know, where you're physically interacting with this location, um, it's very, uh, it's, it's very intimate, very important. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. We, um, it, Bo, as you know, I've been, um, I live in uh, this neighborhood in in Jackson called Bellhaven, which is a kind of a historic, uh, you know, district uh, right here next to our downtown area. It was settled kind of in the, you know, early 1900s. But, um, you know, right around the corner from our house is a um, a, the the home of a Pulitzer Prize winning author, uh, Eudora Welty. That's right. And uh, Eudora Welty, she, uh, uh, you know, it 
one of the more well-known uh, short story, uh, you know, writers, essayists of the uh, 20th century, cer- certainly during the, um, you know, the Southern kind of school, uh, Southern Gothic, and, you know, some of those things. But reading in uh, one of her, I haven't read much of her work, to be honest with you. And so, you know, of late, I've just been, you know, trying to read more intentionally. And one of the books I read uh, you know, recently from her was a uh, the the book she actually won the Pulitzer Prize for, the Optimist Daughter, and the Optimist Daughter. There, uh, it's this crazy kind of uh, you know uh, intimate look at you know. Uh, a, a girl from the uh, rural South, her father dies, all the drama and trauma that kind of comes with that, and the quirky family interactions, and it's very Southern Gothic. It's it's beautiful and, and messed up and twisted and, and wonderful, <laughs> but, you know, the, the in, intimately uh, refers to uh, multiple times her dad's smoking chair uh, in the novel, and, and it's funny because I literally read this, I, I wrapped the book up a couple days ago, but, you know, as she was exploring uh, kind of that empty house that she was sitting in after both her parents had passed away uh you know the the effects you know that smoking chair being there uh making sure that it was taken care of and and in the right place to honor her father because that was uh you know such an important experience for him that that it just i don't know it kind of played well nicely into this uh into the setup for this but um man such a such an intimate way in which we interact with our smoking space man that's beautiful i mean like you think about especially for um, you know, those that, uh, get to enjoy their, their senior years surrounded by, uh, family and, and kind of you, you establish those, um, you know, those, those furthering the relationships of the legacy that you leave behind. I mean, I, I think about my grandparents, you know, my grandfather who passed away last year and as you're just talking, I remember, you know, for him, it's, it's the head seat of the dining room table. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I remember, like when I think about him, I see him sitting at that head seat of the table surrounded by family. And it's like, you know, there's, it's, there's almost like this was his personal throne, right? Like if, if, if this man was a King, this would be, yeah. uh, this would be the, the throne that, that kind of is held in high regard, uh, man, beautiful man. And, and so, so many times that probably is the smoking chair for exactly. you know, not just, not just for us, how we experience it, but how, how our family and our loved ones experience us as we smoke our pipe. Right. Isn't that interesting? Absolutely. That's beautiful, man. Oh, smoking chair is, as a legacy. I didn't even have that as a category, but that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> now, you know, when we're talking about the smoking chair, I think it's important to talk first about, you know, what is kind of the idealistic smoking chair versus the actual smoking chair. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we may have this imagery associated with, you know, the perfect ideal lounge chair and the setting that may surround it, uh, what it's made of, you know, what, uh, you know, maybe it's got a kind of like almost a Swiss army knife of, of you press a button and a cup holder pops out or something of that nature, you know, <laughs> uh, pull a lever and your legs go up or whatever it may be. But when it comes down to it, we've got that ideal smoking chair, but then we also have the actual. So at the end of the day, while we may like the idea of kind of a leather bound uh, chair that smells of rich mahogany and, you know, has kind of the overarching uh, wings on either side that, that, you know, protrude and and give that sense of dignity or that sense of, uh, uh, you know, uh, power or whatever it may be. Uh, It may be like an old lawn chair you got out of the uh, out of the garbage with a couple of holes on it. That you know what it's comfortable and it's fine and you can kick back on the side of your apartment and and you know smoke your pipe over the ledge or whatever it may be. But yeah, when you don't have to worry about you know if a you know piece of ash or you know some loose lit tobacco falls on it and burning a hole in the side, it's a uh, you know it's just adding some uh, you know some some extra extra proof. Exactly, <laughs> that that adds to the history of it. Uh, yeah, that's that's right. 
Well, and so, you know, one of the things, just to pull the curtain completely back, when we when we look at doing a pipe culture episode, we do put this out to our audience, to all of you. And we really try to, as much as possible, leave it very open to you taking the topic and going wherever you want. And then as I kind of gather in these different uh, stories and ideas and feedbacks, um, I, I really try to kind of like look for commonalities as to kind of groups and and do a little bit of a, you know, put, put a little bit of structure on it, so to speak. Um, but it is interesting because so many people really, you kind of, and you'll see this, really went into leaning into the actual smoking chair, which for some might, as we go through this, we'll, we'll, we'll see there might be some, some idealistic natures to a lot of these smoking chairs. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's less about the, the perfect smoking chair and more about, you know, the, the perfect smoking chair for you. Right. And, and it may not be this one singular thing. Now, that being said, mm. I want to start off with what the fat hippie put, puts to us. Uh, about <laughs> his per- perfect chair. And yes, the fat hippie is his handle uh, on Reddit. By the way, shout out, um, as with all these pipe culture episodes, to our good friends over at r slash pipe tobacco, uh, who are always great to uh, come up with uh, stories and feedback and, and really kind of help us expand on yeah. these different uh, topics. But uh, what, what did the fat hippie have to say? Yeah, man. Uh, the fat hippie, the perfect smoking chair for me is any suitable surface around a fire. Uh, pair that with a cold beverage and it is heaven. Due to a new move, I have not, uh, I, and not having a fire pit yet, I'm a front porch smoker at the moment. I sit on the top step and watch the guineas peek over the yard. <laughs> and that's from the fat hippie. Uh, so apparently he's got some guineas around his, uh, around his home. But Yeah, um, that, no, that's, that's exciting. I love guineas. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's great. Uh, you know, it, I, I think you're right. You know, that uh, combination of uh, space with the, you know, seating area, it's, uh, you know, it's important to be in, um, you know, in close quarters with a fire. And uh, no, that's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, typically if uh, whenever whenever we do like a, f- a fire pit at the at the house, you know, we always have a lot of fun roasting the marshmallows. And then as soon as the kids kind of go off to bed, that's when I I sit back, I put a, an extra log on the fire, I pull up a chair and, and enjoy it myself. I think it's, yeah. it, it really, the fire adds to the smoking experience. The smoking experience adds to the fire. I mean, yeah, I think I agree. The, mm-hmm. the big compliments there. And, you know, and like I say here, he kind of talks about what is his ideal setup versus what his actual setup is. And and we'll see how moving affects the the smoking chair a lot uh, as we kind of dive deeper in, into some of these, uh, these thoughts. Now, you know, you mentioned this idea of space, right? Like he talks about the, the, the fire playing a big part of it. And that's something that I saw a lot of man. And for many people that may be more inside for others, it's more outside, but I want to take a look at like specifically kind of that, that space inside in which your smoking chair resides. Um, let's go with what, uh, what Cody sent in next. Yeah, Cody, Bo and JD, I'm thankful enough to live in a house with individuals who not only tolerate the pipe, but who celebrate it. We have a room dedicated to pipe smoking where we keep all of our pipes, tobacco, and associated paraphernalia. And in this room are four wingback smoking chairs, two black leather chairs, and two green upholstered ones. Although the leather chairs are more accurately fit uh, more accurately fit the motif of the classic smoking chair, the green upholstered chairs seem to draw me in and embrace me more than the aforementioned. 
I have fond moments of uh, fond memories of lighting up a pipe in the cold of winter next to the Christmas tree in the comfort of these ugly green smoking chairs. <laughs> they allowed me to keep my favorite hobby going in those cold winter months where smoking outside was not an option. Uh, whether I'm reading a book, smoking with friends, enjoying a boodles and tonic, or listening to our favorite pipe smoking podcast, uh, it's done so in the comfort of my favorite green upholstered smoking chair, uh, sometimes even done with a matching footrest if the day has been mm. particularly stressful. And that's uh, from our good friend, good friend Cody. <laughs> Man, yeah, that matching footrest, uh, that, that's like, in my mind, that's like the, the premium top level stuff right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I feel like any good smoking chair, you know, regardless of, you know, quality condition, uh, you know, how I, I, you know, uh, idyllic it is or whatever, you know, uh, closest to, you know, that uh, most venerated uh, smoking chair. I feel like they all, in some sense, have to have something nice to put your feet up on. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Even no, if it's a milk crate. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you, you think about the uh, smoking chairs that you see, you know, again, that might might come to mind, but also because when you go to your local pipe smoking shop, a lot of times you do have these kind of leather leather chairs. And if you're lucky enough to have one with the footrest, all the better. Actually, does the Squire have any footrest? For the we chair? do not. No, we sure don't. Yep, we've got some. Uh, we've got some coffee tables, which are uh, <laughs> which are 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 heavily used. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but no uh, no footrest. Yeah, no. You know the the material I also find is very interesting, right? Like leather tends tends to be kind of what comes to mind, or or some sort of leather esque uh, substitute, if you will. Um, you know, for me, I think about like a, a, a very ideal situation. Personally, would be the leather with Oh man, what's what's the style where there's like buttons all over it? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it necessarily has a name, but yeah, no, the did, the, le- the leather have with a name those for uh, it. yeah those those buttons that are kind of interspersed on within the leather. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, within the leather and kind of all around it, so it's all got kind yeah. of like a bumpy type feel. Um, I yeah, remember this because we I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, we got some. We recently got some chairs for. Oh, I was it recently. I mean, it was when we moved here a year ago. But we got some chairs for the living room. <laughs> And they're not leather; they're uh, they're just cloth. But they all have that kind of that texture of like the bump, bump, bump type deal. And I remember because yeah. they are my favorite chairs, and they're so comfortable. And I'm like, man, I want a leather one with like you just know, like that. Yeah, yeah with with the footrest <laughs> and everything to put in my office. And this was like my my ideal like smoking chair type setup. Uh, yeah. But I mean, material really only comes in. I mean, not only comes in, but you think about those kind of higher end materials. They really only come to play when you when you're you know have got an indoor smoking chair, which not everybody yeah. does. Well, not everyone does. I, I do think a lot of the reason that you know folks would gravitate towards those uh, is not just um, you know because of the look or the uh, luxuriousness of it, the opulence of of leather, but you know it. We're talking about smoking. It's it's easier to clean. It's not going to mm. absorb uh, odors as badly as a fabric chair. Uh, might and um, you know it's just uh, it holds up a little better uh, under the you know conditions that we're you know asking of our chair when you're <laughs> when you're dedicating it to smoking so um, yeah just you know part of the uh, the uh, the metric there I think but um, but but that doesn't mean it has to be leather right no this is this is absolutely true now that being said we also have one in from uh, Davin Lax who says my big my big leather Morris chair is where I smoke my pipe. I, uh, it's my happy place in the living room by the fire with my reliable lighters, tampers, pipe cleaners, and tobacco at hand, uh, yep. which is also interesting too, right? Like the the idea of like, are you getting a smoking chair that you like prep your pipe and go to, or is it best to have like, 
you know, you take a seat and you've got everything that you need around you. And you've got your gear. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I, I, I tend towards the latter, right? I, mm-hmm. I want one of those places where um, I can sit down and then the process begins, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Tuft. Is that, I think that's it. Tuft is the style I'm thinking T- of. Tufted? Is it tufted? tufted? Yeah, I think that might be it. <laughs> Sorry, that's just bothering me because I was like, no, I, I love this style. What is it, what is it called? But uh, Davnex, uh, absolutely, right? So the, uh, so the idea of having everything's around you. Now, when you are indoors, that's easier to come by. Now, outdoors is going to be a little bit different unless you're John David Cole and your your porch is a monument, or at least I, I was pre marriage. I don't know what what post marriage has been, but before back in your bachelor days, you, your your porch was like a uh, monument. It was to epic. pipe smoking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, it still gets its fair share of use. Uh, probably not as much as it did, but uh, but yeah, it, it is. A, it's a nice smoking porch. It is. <laughs> well, and so for a lot of folks, you know, outdoors is ideal. Now, some some don't have that. Uh, Cody, you know, mentioned of course that. You know, being able to enjoy his pipe indoors and have his pipe chair indoors is a a critical thing, especially with them being up in Grand Rapids, Michigan and how cold that gets. Um, But for many of us who live in a little bit more of a comfortable outdoor environment, man, getting a good chair outside is is huge. We also have from uh, Two Pints, uh, Two Pints Lager, uh, who says that a park bench on a windless day is what he considers to be uh, his ideal pipe chair. And so that's the other thing too, right? Like a chair doesn't have to be a chair. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a chair and it doesn't have to necessarily even be be yours or be in private, right? I mean, this is something that, you know, he's found in public that made his smoking experience the most uh, enjoyable and, and uh, you know, beneficial. And so, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it only makes sense to, to, you know, consider that space that is most appropriate, uh, your favorite, and uh, regardless of where that is. No, absolutely. Now, this next one, man, I love this story so much. But before uh, you read it to us, I got to ask you, does FR, the abbreviation FR, does that sound for friar or father? Father, yeah, this is Father Isaac Rayberg, and uh, man, he's such a such a kind soul down in Texas. But uh, yeah, one of our longtime listeners. Man, he has got such a great story. What did uh, Father Isaac say? Yeah, my in-laws have a couple of acres out on the outskirts of Tucson, Arizona, right on the foot of the mountains. Uh, a couple years back, Jim, my father-in-law, built a super comfy two-seat bench with arms and a table in between the side-by-side seats that became my default for reading and smoking spot uh, when we would visit. This past Christmas, she surprised me by commissioning a similar chair for our own backyard uh, by some amazing young craftsman at our church. Uh, The brothers who specialize in boat making, uh, designing the chair itself uh, in natural cedar finished with boat-grade sealer, the elder sister, the visual artist of the family, burned a Cairo at the top of uh, one seat and a bearded pipe-smoking face in a bowler hat, obviously a caricature, caricature of yours truly, <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> Nothing is better than enjoying a pipe, a tasty beverage, and good book on the back porch while my little, little daughters play in the backyard. The most amazing thing about this um, is that my wife doesn't really enjoy me smoking the pipe. She nevertheless commissioned my pipe bench just because she loves me. And that's from Father Isaac. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> Father brilliant. Isaac, that's awesome, man. Yeah, really, really sweet. And uh, it just shows you like the the give and take that comes in relationships, how, you know, she was willing to, um, you know, do that precious thing for you. Kind of uh, um, compromise is not the best word, but uh, I don't know, maybe maybe a little dying to self, right? <laughs> man, no, and I, I love the, kind of the juxtaposition of this story and and what two points said as well because 
in one hand, you have very much that found spot of the park bench. And the other, this is literally a crafted seat, right? With it has kind of a, a narrative yeah. behind where it comes from, but also just so custom that his image is burned into the side of it. Man, I, I just love that so much. That's great. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I, lo- I love the yeah, the juxtaposition too between the Cairo burned on one side, the ancient uh, you know Christian symbol, which is found on uh, liturgical vestments, and I've even got a tattoo of it on my, on my mm-hmm. arm. Uh, and then you know, right next to this beautiful uh, historic uh, you know uh, emblem that uh, you know has a lot of uh, significance in uh, the liturgical world, you've got uh, you know a picture of him bearded in his bowler cap smoking a pipe. <laughs> epic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, so let's let's take those two concepts, right? Like the found spot, but also something that's a little custom, and that's going to bring us into what uh, ignory, I think. Uh, if I'm ignory, uh, I let's just say I from Lithuania. Shouts I. out, shouts out to uh, <laughs> to I from uh, Lithuania. What did what did I have to say? As the smoking chair, I am using wife's sunbed on the porch, even at winter. Uh, it transforms to a chair. And I'm using it for pipe smoking. Most often, I use it at night to have a evening smoke and listen to your podcast while stargazing. Uh, that's really cool. This is time just for me and my beloved nightcap. Lights are off. All three kids are in bed. You can lay down with the pipe and count falling stars, search some constellations, or just enjoy the full moon. Uh, love to listen to your, to your podcast as well. Keep it going, dude. Uh, you hope you have... Uh, Hope you are well in these unusual times, and that's cheers from uh, Igniri, or maybe in Lithuania. And I from Lithuania. Thanks for writing in. <laughs> you know what? How about Iggy? Iggy's good. Iggy, yeah, okay. Iggy, Iggy. from Lithuania. <laughs> What's up? Awesome. That's it. <laughs> you got isn't that, it. Isn't that great? You know, it's part of his, uh, you know, overall experience. I guess you know you've got. Uh, you know, uh, the, the kids are in bed, so there's the rest restfulness from that. But then uh, stargazing, uh, you know, it's dark outside. It's the whole experience kind of enveloping him. Mm, yeah, man. And I, I love the the, tr- the, you know, the 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 word transformation, right? The transformation of the sunbed into the uh, into the smoking chair. Uh, you know, it is. It 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 does. I think it kind of speaks to both of those scenarios, right? Of, of finding like this perfect space and then kind of making it your own. Um, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, as I alluded to at the beginning, um, this idea of, of, of kind of what is a smoking chair versus what you wish was a smoking chair kind of plays itself out in some different ways. For one thing, you have to kind of come up with the idea that there are multiple, like many people have multiple smoking chairs, right? Like there's not just one spot in which you yeah. smoke your pipe and there's sure. not even just one special spot, spot where you smoke your pipe. You may have two, three, multiple places, you know, it might be uh, the park bench. It might be, you know, you might have a chair specifically that everybody knows is your chair on the, on the porch. You might have that chair that everybody knows is your chair inside the house. You might have both these things. So the idea that there has to be one chair is certainly not, not the case there. There can be multiple. And for some, in uh, some situations, people are actually in the process of moving and maybe they had this like perfect pipe smoking chair back at their old home. Uh, but yeah. in their new home, they haven't quite found that yet. Or maybe they're preparing to move and what they love about their smoking chair, especially the environment in which, the, which it's in, uh, may be about to change. 
so we're, we'll, we'll take a look at that. So Weed Killen mentions that uh, he likes his sofa, but prefers outdoors where he can actually be out in the sun. So he's got these kind of two different places, right? Being able to enjoy smoking his pipe on his sofa, but also being able to be out in the sun. These are kind of two conflicting areas. And yet, yeah, both can be uh, can be places for the for the pipe chair. We need a we need an outdoor wicker sofa with those really uh, soft uh, cushions that are made to be outdoors. You know, just for just for weed killing. There you go. There you go. Or or you know what you could do? You could you could have like a a um uh, some sort of trap door at the house or something like that, so that you can like pull the couch outside and push it back inside. You know what I mean? Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. There you go. Where that, the that, that sounds that sounds cheap. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. In the end, it's probably best just to have the have two <laughs> have bo- just have both <laughs> right. uh, also uh, we got uh, uh, dashcam our dashcam Russ who says uh, at home it's on our balcony uh, I'm usually grilling it's a folding chair for space but when I'm at my parents my dad and I are rarely sitting still we are working in, at grandpa's car and on our or on his wood projects so the idea is that you know when he's enjoying his pipe sometimes a little bit more active and one way or the other, he's enjoying his pipe in two different locations. And thus, the the need for a smoking chair might be higher or lesser, and certainly in kind of a different situation. I do like the idea here, though, that you know you can kind of associate the fact that not all smoking chairs are just for sitting and lounging for hours upon hours and contemplating the mysteries of the universe. Like, at some point, right. it's just like, no, we're just sitting in between working on the, on the wood project. Yeah, it's more utilitarian, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, all right, so Nathan R. Hale uh, also writes in about this. What did, what did Nathan say? Uh, he says, so I have a zero-gravity chair on my screened-in back porch that's just ridiculously comfortable. Yeah, pause really quick. Pause here. Yeah. What's a zero-gravity chair? I don't know. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to Google it while you read it, and then we'll talk about yeah. it after. <laughs> okay, you're, lo- you're looking this up. Okay. Exactly. I pull up one of those small wooden folding tables right next to it for my beverage and my pipe. And my pipe stand, and I'm set for four hours. Uh, great mm. for kicking back with uh, YouTube, a good book, or a long phone conversation with a friend while I enjoy a good pipe. I am working on an indoor area separate from the house, but with an AC next, and am thinking a lot about what kind of chair would work well in this new space, since mm. it will be primarily used uh, in the brutal Arizona summer to get out of the heat while still enjoying my pipe, I may just bring my chair with me uh, when things start to heat up. <laughs> that's from Nathan Hale. So, um, yeah, man, uh, that you know that that's cool. You've got uh, you know the uh, folding table, you know your chair, your uh, zero gravity chair, um, uh, you know, and it, the the ability to sit back there for a long period of time and. Um, and hang out, um, and then you know, and you get to look forward to your new uh, your new place, right? What is it, Bo? What did what did you uh, what did you find there? Okay, zero gravity chairs are incredible. I actually I actually do have a couple of these. I didn't know that's what they were called. Uh, we got these as a gift several years ago from my parents before we took the little ones to the beach. Uh, we were taking kind of a family beach trip, and they're these chairs that they fold out. But man, yeah. when you're in them, you feel like you're like floating and they are super, super comfortable. Oh yeah. My parents have a couple of these and I always, uh, I always, you know, sit in them, uh, when I go to their house, uh, down Alabama. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. yeah. That's really neat. Uh-huh. We've put some wear and tear on ours. Like, and part of it too, is like when we go to the beach, sometimes we leave them out there and just the corrosion kind of builds up. I don't know that ours are the nicest <laughs> of uh, zero gravity chairs, but they, but they are super, super comfortable. 
And uh, I will say this though, props to you for, for being able to enjoy your pipe. I, I don't know that I would be able to pull that off because of just how far back you're able to like, you know, flying carpet that thing. I have yeah. a feeling that ash would fall all over my face. <laughs> I'd probably burn off my eyebrow. It's kind of like, lay, it'd be kind of like laying down, right? I mean, while you're smoking Almost. in this chair and yeah. then, um, you know, and then also having to, you know, operate this chair to get in and out of it. Right. If you, uh, that's the best uh, part though, man, you just lean forward no, it, and it, oh. it is it, it. And, and, and it, so it works with you on that, but, uh, you know, uh, at the same time, kind of managing all your little pipe, paraphernalia and um I, I don't know that sounds like it could get kind of awkward <laughs> hey but that that's that's nathan man nathan's got it all figured out i can tell you he what does, man, man those zero gravity chairs this this podcast not brought to you by zero gravity chairs but it should be because those things are amazing it probably should be <laughs> along with boodle's gin right <laughs> yeah. oh i got a funny story about that i'll tell you as part of our listener feedback but um man nathan uh, thank you for this and you know shout out to everybody who sent in stories and and shared a little bit about your personal smoking chairs or, or kind of what your your vision for kind of a perfect smoking chair john david i gotta ask you man because you know obviously yeah. you're surrounded by the chairs that you have set up in the shop uh on your porch you've had an assortment of various chairs of various origins i'm sure yeah that uh yeah. that have gathered around um as i i guess over the years that's probably the case of country squire as well that there are various <laughs> smoking chairs from various <laughs> sources quite eclectic yeah absolutely so what about you man what what currently would you say is like your primary smoking chair yeah, primary would be uh, it's it's the specific chair on my porch uh, where I um, people just know when they walk up to the porch and if I'm on the porch I'll be sitting in that chair. <laughs> it's the one uh, that's kind of on the side that's farthest away from the front door, uh, kind of looking out towards uh, towards the street that we live on. And um, you know it it's one of these um, kind of metal chairs that uh, is. It's it's not a rocking chair, but it has this kind of springy thing on the side that helps mm. it rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually inherited these from my grandmother uh, after she passed away. It was part of her patio set uh, that she had, and um, it's got some nice uh, you know cushions on it. Uh, you know that just makes it comfortable for your back and uh, you know for your your rear end. And uh, <laughs> you're <laughs> sitting down. I've got my table sitting a uh, small little uh, table sitting right next to it that always has a pipe stand on it. Um, you know, and uh, I've got a box. Uh, cigar box on the coffee table in front of me there that, uh, you know, always has things like tampers and pipe cleaners and, uh, you know, spare lighters and matches in there. And, um, and so, you know, just being able to sit in that chair, it kind of has a nice rock to it. Uh, put your feet up and, uh, enjoy, you know, that space. It's a combination of the the smoking porch and the smoking chair for me. And, uh, man, it, it is always my favorite. It has been my favorite for some time. Um, you know, I have a chair inside that I smoke in as well, and I really like it because it has uh, it has wide arms. Uh, it is a uh, it is an upholstered chair actually, but but it has wide arms, and the arms on that uh, you know the 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 wide the width of them is important because it gives you a spot to. Uh, to put all your stuff, you know, to put all, put all your gear. And so you've got, uh, you know, a, a nice uh, canvas to put your tamper and your lighter and uh, a couple of pipe cleaners and everything just right there, very accessible. So I appreciate that too. It's, uh, you know, it, it's good to have, uh, good to have options. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as, since I've moved to Houston, it's been difficult to find what is kind of that perfect smoking chair. Back in Jackson, it was the, the porch swing for me. It was kind of yeah. like my, my, my smoking chair. That, and then also... They, there's this bench that's currently in our, our uh, breakfast room, but it used to be on our back patio. And what I loved about it is you could move it around. So a lot of times I would bring it out to the uh, the fire pit 
And uh, mm. it was real nice until that Mississippi mud got a little too loose. And then every single time you sat in it, it would like sink down into the ground. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about, but anyway, I do. So, yeah. well, I'm well aware. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, in the new house, man, it's interesting over the, over the fall winter, we moved all these Adirondack chairs underneath our kind of covered patio in the back. And I had this one spot that was like my go-to and it's like my chair. And this is, it's like the perfect angle to enjoy kind of the, the back patio and our garden and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but we just this weekend moved everything into kind of more of our summer configuration where, uh, we've got kind of an outdoor picnic table. And so we've moved that under the shade, uh, which will come in handy. Yeah. As the, uh, as things get warmer and our Adirondack chairs are underneath one of those, um, I, you know, there's a name for it, but it's like one of those things where you have the, the, not necessarily a crisscross per se, but kind of a pseudo covered area with like, so like you know, a, like a pergola pergola. Is that, that, is that, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah. got like, we got like a pergola. So they're underneath the pergola, which, you know, <laughs> it is not going to provide that much shade when it's all said and done, right? Uh, except for in the mornings. But, um, anyway, so I don't know where my new, I don't know. I've got to figure it out as, as we get into the summer. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, in, in general though, I will say I have been digging the Adirondack chairs, uh, as, as a, as like the perfect smoking chair. Cause it's like the perfect, like angle that your back is at, which is like relaxed, yeah. you know, but still upright. Um, you've got, you know, you're talking about kind of the, the width of the, uh, the arm, the arm arms. space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can put a drink there. You can put your uh, various pipe accessories there. It's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the Adirondack chair. I am too. Now I want one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, man, once again, we got to give a shout out to everybody who was sending in. I'm sorry if if you did send some in and we didn't read them on the show. I apologize for that. We love getting all of those feedback in and, uh, and be sure next time we have a pipe culture episode to, uh, to send, uh, send in your stories, you know, a shout out to the community, the amazing community over at Reddit slash R slash pipe tobacco, uh, who are always great whenever we're doing these pipe culture episodes. I, it's, it's one of the reasons I look forward to pipe culture episodes is, uh, it gives us a chance to really kind of, uh, reach out to the pipe community there and, uh, gather up some, some great thoughts. So, um, if you've not checked them out, be sure to do so. And man, speaking of checking some, some folks out, you know, we got We got to give a big shout out to our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. That's right, man. Our friends at Missouri Meerschaum, uh, so glad that they sponsor the show. And of course, uh, during this, you know, international uh, insane time that we find ourselves in, they have, uh, you know, temporarily ceased uh, shipping from their corncobpipe.com, you know, uh, website where you can get all their stuff at. But they're still available, all their pipes and tobaccos from uh, some of your favorite online retailers. And so we highly encourage you to check those out while you're social distancing and uh, while you're, um, you know, quarantining yourself off to uh, protect yourselves and your loved ones. It's a really good time to pick up a new Missouri Meerschaum pipe uh, and add it to your collection and, and break it in during this uh, during this crazy season. <laughs> They're good for uh, on the back porch and your uh, your favorite smoking chair, or if you go hiking, fishing, on a walk, or uh, you know in a canoe. They're always a, a good one to have in your tool belt. So check them out. So many great sizes, shapes, and finishes. And of course, it's America's most historic pipe, Missouri Meerschaum. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, this week, uh, you know what, if you're if you're enjoying your pipe, do so in your smoking chair, your preferred smoking chair, take a selfie with your Missouri Meerschaum pipe in your in your smoking chair. We love to share that out to uh, to let folks know about uh, our good friends there at Missouri Meerschaum. And, you know, you already mentioned this as well, but with them being, uh, you know, such a prolific 
uh, manufacturer here in, in America and in the pipe industry as a whole, uh, you'd be hard pressed to find a retail location that does not have a good number of Missouri Meerschaum pipes. So uh, check out, it's a good excuse to uh, also patron your, your, local, your local shop while looking for those great, sh- uh, great pipes from Missouri Meerschaum. Pipe, pipe question of the week. Pipe question of the week coming in from Donovan T. Embry, which is amazing. Donovan T. Embry sounds like, like, I don't know, some sort of, I can't tell if he's like super dapper or like a super villain, but one, one way or the other, <laughs> Donovan is out here rocking it. He says, uh, Hey Bo and John David, I was sitting on my back deck here, uh, in good old Indiana. I was smoking Peterson's Irish whiskey in my bent country mm. gentleman from Missouri Mersham. Uh, it got me thinking as I smoked unwinding from a long day of work at work. So we all know that we need to tamp that ash. But with a large bowl and an aromatic of or a nuanced blend, does it make sense to pour out the ash? The thought being mm. that the flavors of the tobacco do not become uh, ash flavored. Yep. Is that good or bad? Uh, is that a good or bad practice? Is this something that you do or would recommend? Thanks for all that you do. So glad that you are still up and running through these interesting times uh, we find ourselves in. Stay safe. Best wishes. And again, that is Donovan T. Embry. Donovan, great question. You know, we've we've talked about this briefly before here and there, I'm sure. Um, yeah, th- there is kind of the uh, technique you can use of dumping ash while you're smoking your pipe, right? So you've got, uh, you smoked your pipe there for a few minutes and, uh, you know, or, or maybe several, several minutes, and you've got kind of a, a thick layer of ash built up on the top of your bowl uh, there that you're, you're continuing to smoke your pipe, you're tamping uh, continually, you're doing all the right things, but now you've got this, you know, layer of ash there. What do we do? Do we leave that in there or do we, uh, do we dump it out while we're smoking our pipe? And um, you know, after I build up so much ash, I do tend to find myself uh, dumping that ash out. What, what what I do, I take the uh, the portion of my tamper that's like a pick or a scoop, something of that nature, uh, and I'll just gently, very, very gently loosen, you know, the, the top layer of ash. I'll kind of scrape uh, at the ash just a little bit to make sure that it's loose. And then I'll gently turn my pipe over into an ashtray uh, and just let those pieces, those loose uh, pieces fall out into the ashtray. Uh, and, and what what you do uh, in doing that is just kind of giving uh, you know that the tobacco that's left in the pipe, the flame that's left in the pipe, a little more opportunity to breathe. Um, you're you know getting rid of some of that ash, so you know hopefully uh, the rest of your bowl kind of won't be tainted with so much of that flavor. Um, and for me, it just helps keep my pipe lit. Um, you know, it's something that uh, I tend to find kind of helps. So um, yeah, it, it, it is an option. Uh, that's something that I personally do. I think uh, you know it can be particularly helpful if you're trying to relight your pipe. Uh, and you know, you've got that thick, you know, layer of ash that's kind of on the top. So let's say your pipe dies. Uh, what you may do is do that uh, very thing. Take your tamper, or your pipe tool and kind of scoop that, uh, you know, scrape that very top layer just to disturb those, uh, that top layer of ash. That way, when you tip it over, uh, to let it fall out, the good tobacco is still, you know, firmly packed into the pipe. And so, uh, it's not in danger of dumping out of the, of the bowl, but the loose ash that you've just kind of gently scraped, gently disturbed there, uh, falls out really easily. That way, when you relight your pipe, 
uh, you know, it, it's it's ready to go, right? It's got a very, uh, you know, easy uh, kind of uh, surface to attach to the flame. And so, uh, you know, it can get in there deep very quickly um, and, um, and, and relight without, you know, a lot of those residual flavors. So, um, yeah, it's something I do. Uh, you know, not everybody does it. There is something to be said about smoking a bowl all the way through. And then when you get done dumping an entire bowl of ash out, there's something mm. kind of gratifying <laughs> about that, you know. Cathartic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, for me, I, I do find myself kind of like with a cigar, you know, when you uh, smoke a cigar for so long and you've got that kind of, uh, you know, the ash is sticking out there an inch or two inches, you know, whatever. And then at some point you're like, ah, I better tap that out uh, just to, you know, make sure it doesn't fall off the front. Uh, it, it's a similar concept, I guess. You kind of tap that, um, you know, uh, get the get the little top layer of ash out. And that way uh, your smoke tastes a little better. It stays lit a little easier. And, um, you know, certainly relights easier. So, um, yeah, it, it's something I do. You don't necessarily have to, though. Yeah, man. Donovan, this is a great question. Thanks so much for uh, sending that in. Yeah. And hey, if you've got a pipe question for us, be sure to send it in. Show at Country Squire Radio. Again, that is show at Country Squire Radio dot com. Quick, Quick fire, fire with, with the squire. squire. Quick fire questions. Ow! All right, man. We got some quick fire questions here. So last week, I believe we did the uh, the steak uh, steak edition. This is the poultry edition. <laughs> the poultry edition. The poultry edition. Woo! Man. Oh, now, boy. It's good. You know, actually, this is the other night. I uh, had a little uh, in, in-house date with the Mrs. and and made some, uh, I think, I forget what it's called. It's a French name, but basically, it's like chicken and wine, where you uh, like slow cook these chicken thighs and uh, this like okay. wine and vegetable kind of goulash. It's incredible. Anyway. That sounds great. Poultry edition. Here we go. Uh, Chicken or turkey? Uh, Turkey. (laughs) Yeah, I I had to think about it. I'm going to go with turkey. Yeah. I mean, mm, turkey's great, but a lot of work. I mean, you get a lot of meat for it. So, I mean, like you do... I don't know, man. Chicken, I just love chicken. Like it's so... Chicken is so versatile. I mean, turkey's versatile too, but like you can just do so much with chicken and it's so easy to do. You can get it made quick. Season it real simple. I'm going to go with chicken. Okay. All right. Uh, quail or pheasant? I don't know if I've ever had much experience with either. Um, really? Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I it's, it seems like I have had quail in the very distant past, so I guess I'll go with quail. Yeah, but quail's I, great. I, I really, I don't, I don't think I could uh, describe either uh, very, very easily. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can remember to the taste of quail. I believe I have had pheasant, but I think it was a long, long time ago and I can't even like <laughs> associate the, uh, the flavor profile. Quail eggs, by the way, are great. Have you ever had quail eggs? I have not. Mm-mm. Oh, delicious. Little tiny, th- it's really, really good stuff. Uh, duck or goose? Duck. I love duck, man. Mm. Duck is, is really good. It's one of those that uh, you can mess up really easily, but yeah. <laughs> um, if done right, it sure is sure is tasty. Yeah, man. Especially, you know, you take some duck, you, uh, you, you render the fat, you cook some potatoes in the duck fat. It's like, oh, forget about it. So good. Yeah, duck as well. <laughs> uh, duck, duck, not goose. So uh, and then finally, and this I think is kind of a methodology <laughs> for all of this, boil, roasted, or smoked? Yeah, any of these birds. I would say I would say roasted. You know, when you boil bird, it does make it you know kind of juicy and mm. you know tender and that kind of thing. The um, smoked is really good. I don't know. I, I like all these, but I'm gonna go roasted. I want to say smoked because I love smoked uh, turkey and and smoked chicken. But the problem is I don't have a smoker, so I don't get to do it very often. Uh, and roasted. I mean, roasted is just kind of the it's the go to. Now that being said, 
generally, you know, that's, this is the other great thing about chicken. I mean, this is true of all, again, all these, all these birds, but you, uh, you roast it, you eat it, you take the bones and the carcass, then you boil it. You get some like insanely good broth going, get yourself, uh, you know, some, some aromatic vegetables, you throw it in there, you make yourself a stock and you can, uh, pull off whatever meat's still on the bone, scrap it and, uh, have like one of the most amazing soups after the fact. Oh man, I'm getting Mm. hungry just thinking about this. That sounds good. It is lunchtime. <laughs> Absolutely. That it is. That it is. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Quick fire questions. Hey, if you've got some quick fire questions for us, send those in. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. Listener feedback coming in from Pastor Joda. Uh, mm, what did Pastor Joda, what say Pastor Joda? Oh, that was a terrible year. What, what did Pastor Joda have to say? He says, uh, gentlemen, I made an interesting observation this evening. I'm sitting here with my Missouri Meerschaum legend loaded up with one of my own blends consisting of Virginia, Burley, and some Syrian Latakia and some vanilla black Cavendish. Uh, I found this bowl to be particularly good following the supper just consumed, a hearty Mm. portion of corn on the cob, baked potatoes, and some barbecue ribs. Just saying, hope you guys are doing well. Pastor Jodo, following on the food theme, man, that's... Uh, that is that is very tasty. Yeah, so, um, man. Thanks for uh, including us in your uh, smorgasbord of uh, delights there. Yeah, <laughs> the, a smorgasbord of um, you know barbecue and and barbecue uh, sides that he was enjoying with some uh, latakia, some vanilla black cavendish. A little yeah, little, little pairing he's got going on there. Yeah, sounds like it's the pairing's done. That's, that's a, awesome. That, what, I don't know what the pairing you're talking about. I'm just saying he's got a little pairing. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's a good Pastor Jonah. Very good. Absolutely. Look, we love uh, getting feedback in, especially those iTunes reviews. If you hadn't headed over to iTunes or written this review, please do so. doesn't cost you a dime to do it. It's a great way to help support the show. And man, speaking of support the show, uh, I think it was Donovan mentioned uh, earlier just that, you know, it's, it's amazing that we're able to continue going. And that is 100% because of the support of our amazing patrons and club members over at patreon.com slash country squire radio. Um, if you are able, if you are interested, head over there, uh, check out how you can uh, learn more on, on supporting the show there. Again, that's patreon.com slash country squire radio. You can also yeah. keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow me. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore country squire. Of course, all that information is found at country squire radio.com. Uh, also, I'll just, I, I didn't mention it. So I'll let me throw that in there. <laughs> I got it out of order at squire radio. That's the Twitter handle. Uh, really want to see those pipe smoking chairs. So be sure to send those in. Uh, and, and if you're rocking your Missouri Meerschaum at the, at the same time, all the better. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's see those, man. Cause it was great hearing all these stories about your various pipe smoking chairs. And, uh, you know, and like I said, even on the, the live hangout, getting a chance to see everybody in their natural habitats and join their pipes is, it's just fun, man. It's, it's a great way to kind of connect with people and see people, but also see them in their natural habitat. It's just, it's, it's yeah. fantastic. While they're while they're smoking their pipe and the probably the place that they uh, listen to us while they uh, typically do so uh, man so so honored it's really cool absolutely man well hey let's go have a day see you brother. <laughs>